Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up earlier today with Luke Alexander. He's the CEO of New Core Gold, formerly Pinecrest. Uh, it's another Ghanaian uh, gold exploration story, but one with a difference. Uh, quite an uh, impressive board with a stack of money, with a plan. So we find out more. So if you want our thoughts and opinions on that conversation, their plans, uh, and indeed the company itself, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Do go and have a look. Um, we also have detailed company uh, reports on there and analysis. There's summaries of interviews that we've done just to save you some time. There's training courses to help you with your diligence process, plus commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of companies and commodities, which you might find interesting. Plus, of course, our thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly, civil environment. If it sounds nice, go and check it out at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Luke, how you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm doing great. How about yourself, Matt? Hanging in there, hanging in there. It's end of the day here. Uh, where where yeah, in the world start are you? Start of my day. Start of your day, I know. I'm in know. Vancouver, so it's the start of my day. But um, yeah, get to uh, spend a lot of time speaking with people in London and Europe. So my days always start early, which is nice. Well, you know London well. You were over here for a long time, 12 years. You miss it. Yeah, spent 12 years on um, uh, mostly on the kind of sell side, investment banking side of the business in uh, in London, and then moved to Vancouver. I guess it was in 2017. So, yeah, and then this pandemic's meant that it's been the longest time I haven't been in London for uh, for 15 plus years. But uh, luckily, still have a lot of good friends and contacts there, so get to uh, stay connected that way. Cool. Do you know what? You're missing nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> We're locked down hard over here. Um, well, well, but you're, you're you're doing very well from a vaccination perspective. So uh, I might uh, I might need to use my British passport to come over there and get vaccinated at some point. That, that's literally the one thing we got right. The the rest of it, <laughs> an absolute nightmare. This one thing, the distribution of the vaccine, actually doing quite well. So um, you know, every silver cloud. We need we need a disaster to actually show how how, how capable we are at times. Hey, well, like um, first time we've heard the story. Glad to have you on the show. West African story, which I'm always intrigued by. Uh, before we kind of get into it, though, give me give me that one minute overview of the business, and then I'll pick it up from there. Yeah. So Nucor, we've got the Enchi project in Ghana. It's a district scale exploration uh, project, currently have a 1.2 million ounce uh, inferred resource. We're currently doing a 58,000 meter drill program, which is the largest ever drill program on the project. So high level, that's the uh, that's the overview. Beautiful, beautiful. So you're hunting gold, is it Barabian Greenstone? Is that the sort of general area we should be thinking about? Yeah, Greenstone. So we're on the Sefwi Bibiani belt. Um, so good neighbors along the belt. We've got uh, Kinross's Toronto mine to the north of us, uh, Bibiani to the north of that, and then a half of all of them sit on that uh, Sefwi Bibiani belt. And um, uh, yeah, it, it's greenstone hosted uh, uh, rocks. Right. Okay. But this is a relatively new story in the sense that you're new, came in last May, you raised some money you know, second half of last year as well. Well, at the beginning of the year, but also a significant piece of the second half of last year, you're going to need to do something different because there's a lot of Beremian Greenstone Belt stories out there. So what's so different about you guys? I think, I mean, in terms of we've had this project for a number of years, so we're a new story in the sense that when I came in, 
uh, as CEO of, of Pinecrest at the time last May. And then we relaunched as Nucore in August of last year. I mean, that was really to show, show the market that we're recommitting fully to the Enchi project in Ghana. Uh, Greg Smith came back in May as full-time VP Exploration. Doug Forrester stepped up as chairman. And uh, I think that really kind of um, woke the market's eyes up to uh, the opportunity that we had and, and that was being overlooked at, uh, at Enchi ultimately. And, you know, as you know, having been an investment banker in uh, in London for a number of years and 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 covered the mining space, um, you know, a lot a lot of times what ends up happening is it's it's companies like ours where the project's been around for 20 years, but the you know historical work that's been done on it ultimately um, is very valuable for us and us being able to raise capital to ultimately really aggressively drill is what unlocks significant value. So that's probably one of the big differentiators is that we've been able to raise significant capital to put into the ground to really uh, extract a lot of value. So again, you know, 58,000 meter drill program, that's more drilling than has been done over the last 25 years on this project. But needless to say, all of that work that's been done over the last 25 years feeds our geological understanding of the project. And I think is one of the things that ultimately reduces exploration risk and, uh, and helps differentiate us from, you know, a brand new greenfield project out there. Okay, I'll give you that. So when you came aboard in May, share price, you know, rocketed, went up to 80, 90 cents, settled around sort of 60 cents today. That was also a positive, you know, it was a, it was a bull environment for gold. The gold price was good. Do you think you just hit that at the right time? Do you think you raised the money at the right time? Because this, the stock has settled down now. People are waiting for you, waiting for you to do something, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, in in May, I I would argue is trading basically as a shell company. I mean, it had a $10, $12 million valuation. And and part of the kind of due diligence I did when I was when I was looking a lot more seriously at this opportunity was to speak with a number of the uh, investment bankers um, uh, who I, you know, who are friends and people I've worked with for years, as well as, you know, a handful of uh, of kind of fund managers and analysts who who, um, you know, who, who I've known for years as well and talked to them about the Enchi project. And most of them had either completely forgotten about it or hadn't heard about it at all. So, I mean, out of the gates, that means that you've got an opportunity that's being completely overlooked by the market. And I think is, you know, again, part of the reason why um, I say that, you know, it was ultimately trading as a shell company. But when you looked at it, and I looked at it more closely at the time, I mean, you're sitting on 1.1 million ounces of um, inferred resource at the time, primarily in the oxide and transitional category. So 95% in that oxide and transitional material, which as you know, and a lot of your listeners will know, uh, ultimately lends itself to um, a, 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 a heap leach operation which ultimately means uh, it's much lower capital. And, uh, you know, I looked at the opportunity and said, you know, this is a great opportunity. Stepped in, obviously, at that point. Yes, the stock significantly re-rated, um, but I think that kind of took it to um, what was ultimately a fair value for what uh, the Enchi project was at the time. And I would now argue that we've added significant value through the drill bit, uh, as well as a significant capital markets de-risking that we've done over the last um, six months. And we can get into that. I'm sure you'll be asking questions along those lines as well in terms of analyst coverage and investors that we've got supporting us and so on and so forth. So those would be you know, a few of the things I'd highlight from that perspective. Okay. But 
if I, if I look back then, you were able to pick up the phone to some of the, the great and the good and some of the, the roughers of this world and all, the, the names of people that one would ex, you expect you to know, having worked in London, um, to give you that kind of kick start. I think the question you need to answer is, people have forgotten about this asset because there's 1.2 million ounces of inferred. Did this just need money, which you're definitely able to um, get, you demonstrated that, or are you coming out at a different way? Uh, so co combination of both. I mean, you can have the best plan in the world and you can have the greatest rocks in the world, but if you can't put a hole into them to show the market what kind of grade they are, it's it's pointless, right? So it, I would argue that, it, that it's a combination of both, right? So being able to attract capital um, is one thing and, and we've been very successful at that. We raised $3 million in May. That led to uh, an 8,000 meter drill program. We then raised an additional $15 million, uh, closed that early November. That gave us the opportunity to add another 50,000 meters of drilling, plus have capital to execute on a PEA as well as an updated resource at the end of the year. So that gave us you know, the balance sheet to be able to go out and um, aggressively drill this project. So on the capital side, yes, absolutely, that, uh, that, that's crucial. In terms of how we're approaching it, the fact that we have that capital allows us to do a lot of drilling that, you know, on a more limited budget, you may not do. So we're taking a multi-pronged exploration approach. So we're continuing to expand on the existing resource areas that we have. Uh, and we view that as kind of low hanging fruit. So ultimately stepping out along strike, stepping uh, into some very large half kilometer, kilometer um, uh, long gaps within uh, uh, some of the pits that we have. And we put press releases out in January on that. Um, uh, and then uh, as well, uh, going back to some areas that were previously drilled. So areas like Quachicrom, Kojina Hill and Arati. We've historically had very good drill results from those and we've been able to allocate part of our 58,000 meters to go back to those areas. If we look at Quachicrum, for example, um, very good pass drilling there. We've now put out 27 holes um, uh, as part of our, our drill, our current uh, 58,000 meter drill program. We've continued to have very good success and an area like that will most likely be our next resource area. And then the last thing I'll just mention in terms of that multi-pronged exploration approach is that for the first time ever, we're starting to drill at depth. So we had our first diamond rig show up in December. We've had two additional diamond rigs show up. So we've now, or sorry, one additional and one more showing up. So we've now got two diamond rigs um, drilling and we're starting to put some deeper holes onto the project. So uh, down to kind of 250, 350 meters, which for us is deep. But again, for you and your listeners, you'll appreciate that that's still just scratching the surface. But if you look at these greenstone hosted uh, deposits and you look at Trano to the north of us and Bibiani to the north of that and a half uh, where you really see them start to, um, you know, grow in size is once you get down at depth and also you start to typically see them increase in grade. So that's the other thing that, you know, from an approach perspective, uh, having that capital has given us the ability to drill deep and allocate dollars to, um, to that, but at the same time, continuing to expand those um, ounces at, uh, at surface within the, uh, within the oxides and transitional zone. Okay, but Ghana is prolific in terms of production. I think it overtook South Africa's in your, your, your PowerPoint. You talk about that and fairly homogenous uh, distribution 
solution of oxide or, you know, relatively shallow in, in the sorts of grades that you're finding. And there's lots of companies doing that. As I said, you know, it's, it's hard to know where to focus your attention. So what's your model? Are you just trying to build up uh, it's a measured and indicated resource and then make, make yourself attractive to someone to come in and take you out? Because you, you all can't um, fund uh, mills and production and all the capex requirements here, um, and most companies don't. They they, they get take, they get taken out. So, what's your model? So, our our current focus is is on exploration. And um, you know, when you go through our presentations and hopefully some of the highlights that I just touched on, really um, you know show you that it's it's a true district scale operation uh, opportunity i mean 25 targets and and you know we're systematically approaching our exploration to de-risk it and and ultimately add ounces and and um, create as much shareholder value as possible but with the goal of ultimately growing this to a four or five million ounce resource so that that's our current focus is build this to a four or five million ounce resource which as you know, um, uh, ultimately at that stage, you're 200,000 ounces per year over a 20, 25 year mine life. And that becomes the kind of project that is attractive to mid caps, majors. And at that stage, you know, we would still most likely have significant exploration upside. So that, that's the kind of thing that's attractive. That being said, um, the motivation for us to continue to update our economic studies, which I highlighted, we're currently updating our um, PEA, which we'll put out in, in Q2 of this year, is to continue to underpin the value of the company with solid fundamentals through those economic studies. And if at some point, you know, we see a heap leach scenario, which is manageable for us from a, from a capital perspective, and we think will create um, you know, significant value for our shareholders, then we may at that point pivot and decide to go into, into uh, you know, a heap leach production uh, uh, situation and continue to drill at the same time. And one of the nice things about having the institutional support that we have, as well as the support from the investment banking community is that, yes, I mean, that does require a lot of capital, but as you know, heap leach operations require a lot less capital than milling operations. So that could potentially be a scenario that we would ultimately look at. But the main message is for now, we're really focused on exploration. And that's where we think for you know the foreseeable future, we'll be able to create the most value. But in the back of our minds as 32% owners of the business management insiders, uh, we think as shareholders first. And if there's a scenario where we go, mm, this actually, you know, we think will create more value, then that's the kind of thing that we'll explore in a lot more detail. Okay, I don't doubt you know what to do in terms of what the market needs to hear. I'm just interested in, have you set out from day one with a business plan? And it, over and above expiration, you got Doug Foster on there, you got some Calibre guys on there. They're a big producer in Canada. This may not be their uh, jurisdiction of, ch of choice, but I'm just wondering, what are the conversations that you have? Because it's quite a big board, right? This is a, you got eight board directors on there. There must be conversations. In terms of the business plan? Yeah. Well, I mean, that that is the business plan. It's, you know, let's drill out this 58,000 meters. Let's significantly expand the resource. Let's look to make some new discoveries at uh, at, a, at a number of these targets that we've we've worked up and, um, and have either previously drilled or are going to drill for the first time ever, and and let's start to te test the opportunity at depth through the uh, through the deeper drilling that we're doing. 
So that is the kind of business plan. It's it's focus on growing the overall resource um, and at the same time, continuing to update those economic studies to create a further underpinning of, of value for the company and ultimately start to look at what, um, you know, uh, in more detail, what a production scenario would look like. It's anything that's it's frustrating. You've got all this coverage, right? You, it's probably, you know, people you've known for years and you've got some good coverage and most juniors struggle with that for a long, long time. You've got it and you've got access to the capital markets because you know how to position it. I get, like I said, I get that. But you're not frustrated with the fact that the price hasn't really moved since the end of last year. What What is it? Because you've been putting out tons of results. I mean, they're, they're, these are good results. These are good numbers, good solid numbers, but what's missing? I mean, in terms of, you know, frustration, I mean, um, ultimately, um, uh, you know, ultimately, at, at the end of the day, you can only execute on your business plan and and ultimately get out there and, and do the best job possible for shareholders. I mean, you know, I've watched the kind of mining sector for 15, 20 years. And ultimately, I mean, that's the reality of, of the sector is that it'll it'll move with the price of gold and and, uh, and and there'll be times where there's less interest and more interest. But our our kind of approach and, and my view is that if we fundamentally continue to execute on our drill program, uh, we continue to, you know, get get new core out there in front of investors that ultimately the company will um, re-rate over time. And that's one of the nice things that that um, and fortunate things that we've got at the moment is, I mean, if you look at our 58,000 meter program, we're fully funded through this year to execute on that program, to get our PEA out, to ultimately, um, uh, you know, get an updated resource done at the end of the year. So, you know, it's, yeah, the, whether the price is at 60, 70, 80 cents, I mean, it's not like we're looking to raise capital at the moment. Yes, we would like to see the share price higher, but our view is that ultimately over time, it just re-rates. And, uh, and as long as you're continuing to add fundamental value, which we believe we are through the drill bit, then that re-rate will ultimately happen. Right. And uh, the new or updated PEA Q2 should be one of those moments. Yep. That's what I'd expect. And I mean, you, you know, your, your viewers can go and look at the five covering brokers on our, uh, on our, um, uh, in our presentation and, you know, go look up the research and so on and so forth and come up with your own views in terms of where, uh, where we sit relative to other companies out there. Uh, I mean, if I look at it from where I sit, putting my former institutional sales hat on, you know, we're trading at about $25, $26 um, uh, per ounce in the ground. Again, that's based on the 1.2 million ounce updated resource that we put out last year. So it doesn't include any of the, um, you know, call it 20,000, 25,000 meters of drilling and results that we've put out to date, or, um, you know, the fact that we're going to be putting out an updated PEA as well. So uh, from that perspective, I mean, your listeners got to go make up their own minds. Um, but uh, that's kind of where I see things um, sitting today. Okay. Um, management and insiders, 32% significant holding. Is that uh, because of a kind of some kind of cute structuring at the beginning? Or have you guys been actually plowing cold hard cash into this thing? So a number of the the insiders and and the board have been putting money in alongside investors for you know the last ten years. Um, myself, when I joined, I um, uh, I wrote a large check into the uh, into the company alongside other investors. So we 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 put our money in alongside other investors. 
when um, uh, when we raised additional capital in November, we put more money in. And if you look at some of the insider transactions, you'll see that uh, uh, some of the management and board have been recently buying as well. So um, no, and, and the long answer is no, this isn't some deal where we gave ourselves a whole pile of stock at a penny and then turned around and looked to raise money at 60, 70, 80 cents from the market. Um, you know, we've all always written checks alongside of other investors and, and that's what we'll continue to do. And I think that's important. I mean, you need, need to be able to sit across the table from investors and say that you're truly aligned. Um, and I think that's the best way for alignment is, is to write checks alongside them. Okay. That's the reason I asked you, because you made a big deal of it in your PowerPoint. You use that word aligned and loads of CEOs say it. Right, but they pay themselves a big salary and then they go and buy some shares in the market. Do you know what I mean? So I think I wanted you to be clear about the way that you did it. And I, you know, I believe that you have done it the right way. Um, yeah, I mean, on that front, I'd, I'd encourage um, people to go look at our G&A as well. I mean, it's we, we run an extremely um, lean G&A. And again, as shareholders of the business, we want to get as many meters into the ground as possible because that's where we think we'll ultimately create the most value. So, um, you know, that's the other point. Let's let's talk about it. So uh, so how much do you pay the board? How much does the board pick up? Well, the the board isn't paid anything. So the board's just remunerated with either uh, options or or PSUs. Right. Okay. Good stuff. Um, And and I think for an exploration stage company, that's that's ultimately the way it should be. I mean, for producing companies, it's uh, it's different. But uh, but for exploration, that's the uh, you know, that's the way it should be. It should be. And the reality is, I mean, the board is are all um, significant shareholders. I mean, they all uh, have, you know, written big checks into the company. So, you know, the the shareholding would be the biggest uh, motivating factor more than, you know, anything else. It, you've been around the block. It, it should be, and it, and it is in your case, but it usually isn't. Um, no, I, I understand. And, and again, I've, I've heard investors, you know, gripe about that for 15 plus years. Um, and, uh, you know, so <laughs> it wouldn't be right for me to go and set something up where ultimately, um, you know, you kind of, uh, you, you, you don't take that into account. Okay. Well, look, um, I appreciate your time. I just want to ask you one more question, and that, that's um, around Greg Smith. He, I know you said he came back in. Just give people a sense of why he's important to this, because like the, the grades have been coming out, the drill results coming out, you're communicating to the market regularly. It, it, it's all good, but why, why is he important to the team? Well, I think everyone's heard my background, so he's important for the team because ultimately you don't want me deciding where the holes go, so that's probably the first thing. But um, but listen, I mean, Greg, Greg's got over 35 years of exploration experience. I mean, he was actually running Caliber uh, up until um, it, they did that transformative acquisition with uh, with B2 Gold, um, and it became a production company. At that point, we were very fortunate that he decided to come and join us as full-time VP exploration. Um, Greg has worked on our Enchi project on and off for the past 10 years, so he knows it as well as anybody, um, anybody out there, and that's very very important, um, but he's worked also worked in in these types of greenstone hosted um, uh, you know deposits around the world. So he's got a lot of experience from that perspective. 
Um, so yeah, needless to say, he's, uh, he's a crucial part of the team. And then I'd also highlight our team on the ground in country. I mean, Dan Wilson, he's a crucial part of our team. Dan's worked on our Enchi project on and off for the past 20 years. He worked with Redback in the early 2000s, then left and worked all over Africa. And then he came back and joined us in 2010 as, and has been with the project ever since. As well as we've got a lot of very um, senior geologists who've worked all over Africa uh, on site. And I think that's one of the things about Ghana is you're able to attract very talented um, uh, individuals, uh, given the long history of, uh, of production uh, and exploration that there is in the country and the desire for people to be living in Ghana. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's a great country, great people, very, very, very friendly to work there myself. Um, actually, I said last question, of course, I'm going to ask you one more. You know that, don't you? So um, <laughs> I've, I noticed the OTCQX uh, listing, which is great. And we've seen a lot of companies do this and it's a kind of really, and as a markets guy, I'm interested in this answer. It's been a sort of unusual start to the year. We've seen the kind of GameStop uh, incident, uh, you know, the whole Reddit thing, and you know, silver short squeezes being attempted. And it people are it's unusual times, right? And there's a lot of companies also going to the OTC, you know, Canadian companies, Australian companies, UK companies. They're seeing it as as the solution to some of their problems. Why did you guys want to do it? For us, it, it, the main motivation is, is we've got a lot of um, uh, a lot of individuals following us uh, in the U.S. and who are very interested in Nucor, and we wanted to be able to give them ultimately an easy way to easier way to buy our stock. Not everybody can you know buy TSX uh, venture stock, and if you look at the U.S., it's it's still uh, the biggest market on the planet from uh, from 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 a securities perspective. So that was the main motivation for us to. Um, uh, to list on the uh, on the OTC, is it working for you? Yeah, it's been working working relatively well. Um, so, I mean, I think like anything, we had some very good volume out of the gate. We continue to see to to see uh, some decent volume. Uh, but with all these things, I think there's ultimately an initial um, kind of analysis, and then you you review it after three, six, and twelve months, and and kind of look at it from that perspective. But yeah, so far we've been uh, we've been we've been pleased with it. It's not expensive, is it? No, I mean when you look at a fifteen million dollar um, uh, budget for for exploration and all the rest of it, I mean you know some of this stuff isn't expensive. But that being said, um, you know every dollar that we spend, we you know we we make sure that we do proper analysis and all the rest of it because you know you don't want to be wasting money anywhere because that could be the next meter that could find uh, the next discovery, right? So um relatively speaking it's not um you know prohibitively expensive but you know you still want to make sure it's uh it's return on investment when you do spend those dollars quite right too okay luke great catch up appreciate you telling the story new to us we'll do a bit more digging um as well good luck with the drilling seems to be going well um yeah look forward to more of the same yeah absolutely maybe the last thing i'll just leave um your listeners with is uh, is I'd encourage anyone to go and check out our website, um, newcoregold.com. And also would encourage you to follow us on either LinkedIn or Facebook or Twitter or all of them. Uh, we put out a lot of content and um, a lot of investors and prospective investors seem to have found that very useful. And ultimately, we're always keen to engage with uh, investors and prospective investors. So please feel free to reach out. and We're happy to answer any questions and um, we'll kind of kind of take it from there. And definitely appreciate you taking the time today, Matt. 
Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.